Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans. It is Tuesday, February 18th, 2020. I am your host, Will Hunter, joined by my exuberant co-host, Matt mm. Sheehan. Matt, what's up? Not a lot. I think I'm finally starting to get over uh, Saturday's game. Uh, I know I like to preach at him in the acceptance phase of the season that it's really not that good. <sighs> Let's be honest. Uh, it's 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 still that one. That one still hurt, Will. So, but uh, we're on the men. We're getting better. We're getting better. How's how's life for you, Will? Life is uh, it's good. Can't complain. Okay. Nice. We like that. Enjoying enjoying my time away. Um, Excellent. Although I've been doing some work pretty much the entire time, so you know, no off button on you, Will. No you. off button. I'm just so incredibly dedicated, and that's exactly why I'm doing this, not because I have to. Yeah, no, we know. This is for the love of the game. For the love of the pod. Yeah, heck yeah. That's put that on a sticker. I for will. For the love of the pod. Might put it on my bumper. Who knows? We'll see. How are you doing, Matt? You having a good time? Did you miss me? We didn't get to talk yesterday. I cried a little bit, yeah. Um, I definitely could have used your level head, for sure, without question. Uh, but, Will, I, I didn't necessarily have it, and that made me a little sad. But, yeah, other than that, I'm fine. I'm fine. Well, you got me today. Uh, on today's show, we are going to talk about some basketball things. Yeah. Ooh. Matt has five takes, and I am going to, um, I guess, rate them or just try read, to... read the temperature, you know, yeah. just, just get the yeah, temperature in the, the room on these takes. Yeah. Take the temperature. That's a pretty good name for the segment. Take the temperature. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Ooh, because they're takes and we're ooh ooh. Well, look at you. Nice. Yeah. Look at we're, we're rolling. Double, double word meaning is it's wordplay. We're crazy. Bang. Bang. Look at that. And then, uh, and then segment three, we're going to talk about Mel Tucker uh, impressions. Oh, of- that horrible guy who took the job at Michigan <laughs> State for double salary. That Mel Tucker. Oh, can't wait to wring my hands around that one. I don't think your hands, if you had six hands, I don't think they could all fit around Mel Tucker's neck. No, doubtful, doubtful. Or the briefcases of money that he's cashed in uh, for <laughs> taking this job in East Lansing. So, yeah, which is uh, good for Mel, good for me, good for everyone, really. So, yeah. What do you think a direct deposit looks like for Mel Tucker? Uh, high. A high number. Uh, that's <laughs> I know, I but just like, <laughs> just like, he, you know. You mm-hmm. you get the email notification or whatever you do. You get notified, hey, direct deposit hit. I That's got to that be a moment's like. And, you know, I, I was kind of half joking, like trying to get him on the pod on Twitter, but half serious, you know. It's kind of like when a reporter tries to walk onto a basketball team. It's like, hey, this is a quirky thing, but deep down inside, you're really trying to do <laughs> trying it still. To make the team. Like, that's that's what I was doing with Mel Tucker on Twitter. And, I like, the first few questions would have been, like, how cool is it to fly in a private jet? Yes. Like, what what's it like just having the world know your financial situation now? Like, your salary broadcast everywhere. Like, I'm just fascinated in that aspect. But, uh, Mel, if you're listening, I'm sure he is probably listening just to get a feel for what it would be like if he does join the pod. Um, please, please come on. Please come on. Yeah. Thank you. Join us and let us know what it feels like when the direct deposit hits. Because I bet it's a little bit different for you than it is for everyone else. Yeah, probably, probably. Um, so we're going to talk about him, our, our impressions of Mel Tucker's first week on the job, um, and we have some assistant coaching things that we can go over uh, right. as well as we've got some news in that department. So that's the plan for today's show. Remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get your podcast. We do this every single day, five shows a week, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And Matt, um, you will be rocking solo tomorrow. 
I'm scared, but yes, we are going to do it. But I will have a little bit of help. I will have a little bit of help um, for at least one segment, maybe two, from uh, Chris Castellani. Mm -hmm. I hope I said his name right. But uh, you've probably seen his videos on Twitter if you are on that beautiful app. Uh, If you have not, then I'm borderline impressed that you haven't seen them yet. Uh, But yeah, no, great guy. Uh, Michigan fan, but one of my favorite Michigan fans to interact with. He is very level-headed. He is hilarious. He's insightful, and he's also on Locked on Tigers, so we'll yes. have him tomorrow. Yes. The new host of Locked on Tigers, and we always like to uh, try to help out our Locked on brethren. Um, and yeah, we, we've got a little bit of a slower week, uh, so you can squeeze Thank him God. in for a segment or two. Yeah, it's been hectic. I'm fine with that, yeah. <laughs> that dosage would be preferred this week. Thank you. <laughs> let's uh, So let's jump in here and do five quick minutes on Michigan State basketball, and then we'll jump into your takes. So <sighs> okay. I, it seemed like there was somewhere you wanted to kind of go with this segment. So why don't you kind of lead the way here, be the guiding force for us? Well, I guess just right off the top um, – I understand you are on vacation. You are in a warmer area, perhaps where sports gambling is a thing. Did you get to watch that game in a sports book at all, or or no? We were not in a book. Okay. Um, had okay. my nephew with us as well, my young nephew, and uh, and you, you can go through young kids under twenty one can go through areas where there's gambling. Sure. Um, but you cannot stop. Correct. I have been kicked out of the yes. casino floor a few times for stopping, uh, and every time it was awkward. So yes. yeah. So um, yeah, we couldn't do that. So we we went to a restaurant slash sports bar type place uh, in Got our it. hotel to watch. Okay, fair. Okay, because well, that was my first question. Is like, man, as a fan, I'm reeling. Like that sucked. Up seven, three minutes to go. I'm just wondering if you you know had some money on that game, what that would have felt like. Um, okay, well, that's actually probably good that you weren't around other people losing money or potentially winning money for the wrong reasons. Um, yeah, so I I don't know. What, what was your reaction kind of just in the last three minutes? Because obviously it sucked, but it got to the point where I was like, you know what, this is the way the season's been going. I'm a little bit numb to this. Let's go drink four trillion beers and be hung over for the next 36 hours after this what, what, what do we say about that so well how did you take it well obviously it happened very quickly right a 14 nothing run in three minutes i don't even remember a timeout being called either was there one i'm saying it was a little fuzzy for me at the end there i don't know there might as well have not have been it was like three straight uninterrupted minutes of just dagger 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 and uh, yeah. yeah but what you got was Three straight, I think it was either three straight possessions or three and four possessions where Michigan State comes up empty. And Maryland, uh, who is the 234th best three-point shooting team in the country. And Anthony Cowan, who is a 34, 35% three-point shooter now. So, you know, capable but not a threat, not a consistent threat. Knocked down three straight threes, bang, 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 um, in the absolute most crucial moment. Like, the the math mm. just totally screwed Michigan State in that moment. And, you know, Anthony Cowan is a guy who shoots 34% on decent volume and in this game shot, uh, like, 50-whatever, 50 58%, I think, 59%. Or, no, 61 sure. on um, nine threes. Like, he went five of nine from three. Down the stretch, absolutely crucial threes and nailed them. Um, and yeah, it's just like it happened so fast, and it was such a string of like a definitely bad play. Like Michigan State's offense was not good, 
in a stretch where it needed to be good. You didn't like Tillman putting up a three-pointer with less than three minutes to go. That that wasn't your preferred offense that you would have liked? I'm on the, the belief that Tillman's okay at shooting, but no, I'd rather have someone else shooting it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> in those moments, everyone's jumping off the Tillman shooter bandwagon, and that's fine. I'm going to stay here until it crashes into the damn ocean. Ooh, it may have crashed into the small river. Um, yeah, going 0 for 3 0 for 3 is tough. Um, oh, we did take two timeouts during that stretch. Wow, that was all a blur to me. I'm sorry. I'm just going back to the play-by-play now. This is, oh my god, and the Rocket Watts layup, too. You know what? Why are we doing this? This is this sucks. <laughs> this sucks to rehash. I don't know. You're the one who brought oh. it up. Yeah, I know, because I'm a masochist. That's why. It was, it was just, you know, a, a mix of bad offense, and Maryland made some shots, and it happened... You know, they're up seven with three minutes left. You're like, great. They came all the way back, and now they're crushing them. I know. They're, they're about to go oh, double Oh, we're digits. not going to win. We're, we're going to cover the spread. We're yeah, gonna we're going to cover six and a half like it's not a thing in the covering. world. Come on. They're recovering, and then Good they lost. Good teams win. Seven. Great teams cover. And then, uh-oh, whoopsie-daisy-doodle-pie. We are sad once again for the fourth time in the last five games and slipping down to a seven seed in the latest CBS Sports Bracketology. However, you know how, I, how sick I am? I kind of like where we stand. I kind of like where we stand. We're the, we're the seven seed against ten seeded Arizona State. The two seeds Dayton. That's not an easy game. But get through that. We're gravy. We're fine. I'm already part of the bargaining part of this uh, stages of grief. So. Well, it makes you any be- feel any better. Jerry Palm is incredibly inaccurate at God. All right. Well, I already came to terms with it. Um, okay. Yeah, the net ratings like Michigan State a lot more than uh, Johnny on the spot bracketology person X. Fair. Fair. Okay. So okay. We'll, it'll be interesting to see what the latest net rainy rankings look like. They're certainly falling down to like five, six line, but seven's a little bit far for me. Um, but yeah, it's it like Izzo was talking about at his press conference. <laughs> They've gotten crushed twice. Yeah. And then they just haven't made plays down the stretch against I Kentucky, know. Virginia Tech, Indiana, Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan, Maryland. They all fall in the exact same boat. They have, like, one close win this season where yeah. they made plays down the stretch, and they didn't even make plays down the stretch. They held on for dear life against Illinois. And you know what's reminiscent of, too? And he, I think he had this quote last week during a press conference. He was like, well, we're a few missed layoffs away from Big Ten. Well, okay, but you didn't make them, and making those kind of shots are what makes teams great. Like, it was very reminiscent of the – I'm sorry to bring this up. Uh, the football season, though, where it's like, oh, we're like a fourth and fifteen, or, or, or like a fourth and twenty-seven away from winning those two games. Yeah, but good teams make those plays, and they did not make those plays. Like, I, I get that MSU is close to winning these games, but this isn't anything miraculous we're asking them to do. It's just like, yeah, little layups here, a little bit here, and it, it's just the things that take a team from okay to great, and they're just not doing them. So, yeah, it's, it's cool to be close in all these games. But the reason they are close and on the losing side is just because they're not doing the little things. Uh, and that is driving us all to insanity. Here's but, here's my take. You're not going to like it. A lot of listeners aren't going to like it. Okay, lay it on. Um, and then we'll move on. I don't believe winning close games is a skill. It's not something that is like repeatable and empirical. Like Over time, if you play a million close basketball games, you'll win half of them and you'll lose half of them. Like it just, it's, oh, it's so we're due for some magic here in March, that is what you're saying. Okay. So I'm okay. thinking, yes, it's certainly not comforting and doesn't make you feel good that Michigan no. State has come out on the wrong end on all these close games, for not the most part. But, <laughs> but they could also be due, Matt. 
God, Will. Will, you know how to rope me back. You <laughs> son of a... You... Oh, here you go again. All right. Let's do segment two where I start to melt down again. You want to do that? Perfect. And I will right. just remind you that everything is pretty much a one-game sample size in the postseason, so it doesn't really matter what the, uh, the numbers say. Fine. Let's do segment two. All right, Matt. Five takes. I'm going to say if they're hot or not. Okay, how do you want to do this? You're just going to do hot or not, or are you going to rate them on a scale of 1 to 10? Like hot or not. Okay, hot or not, easily. And I want to clarify, too, that these are takes that I uh, believe. I'm not doing, like, a Skip Bayless act where I just say things just to say things. These are takes that I believe. Wait, 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 wait. You're saying Skip Bayless says things just to say things? Well, I didn't want to go too far, but I'm just going to go ahead and insinuate that, yes. I'm sorry Uh. to slander Mr. Bayless. Uh, I'm sure I'll be talking to his lawyers tomorrow morning um okay. next you're gonna tell me that Stephen a smith is loud like that just for the sake of being loud and entertaining oh i would never throw throw that around that's just reckless and just okay. unfair to no of course <laughs> i'll start with the first one and this again i, I brought this up in yesterday's pod I, I i feel bad doing this it seems like a great group of kids i feel bad kind of what could be perceived as dogging them but at the end of the day, when you're an MSU podcast, you talk MSU sports, they lose four out of five. You got to start pointing to some of the players here. Well, let's just cover four of them right now. The sophomore class has been, no, five of them, I'm sorry. The sophomore class has been underwhelming and is the reason MSU is where they are. I will elaborate on that a little bit. Will, when you're preseason number one and you're returning, uh, really top two guys, I mean, Tillman, Winston. You're going to need some people to step up. You're going to need some people to carry over late season success into this season. There really hasn't been any of that from any of the sophomores, especially here in the last month or so of the season. Not. Hey, look at me. I wouldn't say they're the reason. You said the reason. See, uh, and I'm going to stand firm on that, I think, because one of the issues here is the wings. Okay, Aaron, Gabe, where are we anywhere to be seen? Right? No, we're nowhere. Okay. And also, we need someone to spell Tillman. Bingham can't play for more than 10 minutes a game for some reason. And Kithier is fine. And that's a hard stop on that. He's fine. So, And Foster, well, we're starting to go the wrong way with this Foster Lawyer experiment again. Yeah. Which means that he's due for like a 15 point game against Nebraska yeah. because whenever we talk bad about him, he <laughs> lights it up. For... And then whenever we say, hey, Foster's back, he'll go six games with a high of four points. He's, so he's due for 14 points on three shots. I cannot wait for that. Uh, yeah, hopefully he does for this run. They're the biggest reason, but there aren't any. There's no. Ju- are there any juniors on this team? Tillman is the only junior? Uh, to, like to memory, yes, and I know that just sounds ridiculous, but yeah, that's what it feels like at least. Right. Uh, so we've got uh, Kyle Arns, Cassius Winston, and Xavier Tillman. Mm-hmm. Everyone else on the team is a freshman or a sophomore. Yeah. I just I'm throwing it out there. No, I, I yeah I, I get I, I I get it makes sense, but and not that like if not necessarily that it's Nick Ward, but if there was just like another any person with three plus years of experience on this basketball team playing 20 to 24 minutes. I think it makes a world of difference. Yeah, but here we are. All right, next take. Out, which leads me right into the next take of MSU will start the Big Ten tournament on Thursday, not Friday. That is reserved for the top four seeds, but they will be 
Fifth or worse, starting this tournament on Thursday. The reason I think that, well, well, right now we have five teams that all have six losses in the Big Ten with Iowa, Rutgers, Michigan State, Illinois, Wisconsin. Ohio State and Michigan are right behind with seven losses each. It's kind of tight at the top, and I look at MSU's schedule. Great. Okay, we have Nebraska. I'm sure certainly a road game against a mediocre team won't go wrong. When does that ever go wrong? Uh, and then we got Iowa, we got Maryland, we got Penn State, we got Ohio State to round this off. And thank God Ohio State's starting to look good again. This is great. Look at this timing. Um, I can't envision MSU playing in, uh, on Friday to start the tournament. Could they win their first round game on Thursday? Sure, why not? But I don't think they're going to be a top four team in the Big Ten, which is such I, a crazy sentence to say. Um, I think they're doing okay in tiebreakers, though. So I'm going to say hot. But if you lose three of the next five games, I don't think tiebreakers are really going to matter here is what I'm trying to say. I I, I think it's going to be a little rocky stretch to the end of the season. We'll uh, see. It's going to be Penn okay. State, Maryland, and then who who the hell knows. So okay. from, from that standpoint, I still think it's a hot take. Check back hot in take. next week. Fair. Okay, uh, this I'm going to dial the clock back here on my third take here. Uh, this season is still not as disappointing as the 2010-2011 season not, when they uh, came yeah, in you can as stop. the number two. Like, it's not even okay. close. Okay, thank you. This thank team you. is still like, like you can tell they're still fight. Sure, they're really yes. trying. They're still mm-hmm. really trying. Everyone wants it to work. Nobody is like, screw this. I'm I'm done this season. Like, correct. They are really upset every time they lose, and they're not. You know, they're playing. If you take that 2010 team and put them through this schedule, like they lose every game. Oh, we're on the road to start the NIT, I <laughs> yeah. think. Yeah, that's this is, tough sledding. This, this is something I talked about yesterday. Like, it sucks that Michigan State is, so, is struggling to figure themselves out this mm-hmm. year. There's not a single spot. They have one, like two, three games the entire three games the entire conference season where they can kind of maybe take a breath and figure themselves out. One against Nebraska and two against Northwestern. And on the road at Nebraska maybe isn't a great spot to do that. Every other team is good. And right. when that's the case, if you're not figuring it out, if you're like, what am I doing? How can we figure this out? Like, you're not going to be able to figure everything out. So, yeah, it just it just so happens the Big Ten is incredible in a year where Michigan State needs it to be kind of mediocre so they can beat up on mm-hmm. some bad teams and get some confidence rolling. Well, and you could understand where this happens to this season. Obviously, the Langford injury doesn't help. The Hauser thing didn't help. Uh, the, the tragedy in November certainly doesn't help. And they're just really lacking depth. That 2010-11 team, all the talent in the world that season, and they just kind of took a year-long vacation. All right, take four, and uh, this is going to be the one that all sorts of listeners are going to be just thrilled with. Uh, hey, why do people call me negative? Well, it's takes like this. Uh, this team has gone in the first weekend of the <laughs> NCAA tournament, uh, also known as March Madness, also known as the Big Dance. All right, well, talk me into it. Talk me into it. Talk me into it. Um, they their first weekend will be easier than like all the two game stretches they've had in the Big Ten. Like they will get to the tournament and be like, "This is easy." <laughs> oh, this is what we've been working up to the whole year. <laughs> this is it. Yeah, uh, they're gonna play. Okay. They're gonna play some team in the first round, and it's gonna be like, I don't know, VCU, and they're like, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> huh. hmm. And then they're gonna get Florida, and you're like, "Wait a second, you're not that good. You're like Minnesota." No, you know what? I, we've had a collapse this season. I don't think it's as bad as Florida's collapse, though. They, that, whew, that's a tough, tough look for the Gators. All right. Last one? Last one. No, I, I don't want to over-exaggerate here, but this is my fifth take. 
Matt McQuaid and Kenny Goins should have their numbers retired. <laughs> Matt McQuaid, Kenny Goins, numbers to the rafters. That's Sit on that. Take. No, what? I think if you put, um, I don't know. You, you need Nick Ward's number up there too? Is, is that what you're alluding to? No, I think if you put Travis Trice on this team, I think if you put Gavin Schilling on this team. Ooh, okay. Um, wow. One time for Germany, sure. Just like any sort of upper-class, experienced, competent Big Ten player, mm-hmm. it makes, like, each additional one you could fit on this team would make just a world of difference. Okay. And, like, yeah, those dudes punched above their weight last year, and I talked about it a ton. That team was so good because everyone had a specific role, and they did it perfectly. Like, everyone, yeah. it was just a team with defined abilities and roles, and everyone did their job. And everyone knew how to do their job and had been around. Matt McQuaid had been chucking threes for in green and white for for four years. He knew how to seven do years, it. seven yeah, years for yep. seventeen thousand years. So yes, yes. I don't know, just like teammates with Jay Vincent. Yes, <laughs> pick uh, here the twenty thirteen team. Let's let's grab someone. Uh, got I don't even want to say Brandon Dawson because of course Brandon Dawson would make a world. Matt Costello, throw Matt Costello on this team. And they probably have three less losses. Like, think, okay. like all those power forward minutes where you're like, oh, is Bingham going to work? No. Is Hall going to work? No. Is Kithier going to work? No. Eh, they're all Matt Costello's now. They're all Gavin Schilling's now. They're sure. going to do exactly what they're told to do and do it right because they've been around for three or four years. Hmm. So. All right, God, if I find them all back in, whatever. Whatever. What? Whatever. I'm not whatever, telling you God. to be all back in. I'm just saying. No, but I am. I, I know you're not, but I am. Like, I, I just can't stop gravitating towards this team whenever they just get well, their st- stomach punched. Uh, they're likable, the and they keep years. getting... They are so likable. God, yeah. why are they so likable? And they, God. they keep taking just punches to the to the nuts. Like, that's what all their... It's like, they can't just... They get blown out twice, and then they lose in horrible fashion in every imaginable way and you're just like why can't it just work out like what (laughs) i'm shaking my head okay i'm sorry i'm sorry all right let's pause we'll come right back and we'll talk about mel tucker's first week on the job as head coach of michigan state okay matt uh okay address the elephant in the room right now sure permission uh, MSU teams are 0 and 2 when Mel Tucker attends uh, <laughs> a sporting event. First with hockey, now basketball. What's the buyout? How much would it cost us to fire him right now? Six million dollars. So? Okay, never mind. I guess we'll keep him around for a little bit. Okay. His buyout numbers aren't that uh, large, which surprised me. They really weren't, but we could have that discussion. Yeah, I suppose like, later. Is like, would, would Willie Taggart get 17 million? After uh, two yeah, years. another zero to that. It was $170 million. the godfather of buyouts. Yeah, yeah. That, was a, that, was a, that was a haul of money. Like, Charlie Weiss numbers is, is what he had yeah, on, I, on that buyout. I think if Mel Tucker gets canned after two seasons, it's like $2.5 million or something. Yeah, oh, well. Not no, other, other than that, uh, yeah, t- Tucker's first week, fine, right? Like, mm-hmm. I know the whole Vince Merrow thing didn't work out, but they went for it. And you know what? That million dollars you're going to spend on Merrow? That goes right back into the bank. Like we're, that's that's ammo to shoot out to other assistant coaches to, to lure them in here. So yeah, does it suck? Sure, the money's going to go somewhere good. So are you at all worried that right now mm-hmm. what he has on staff mm-hmm. are two 
holdovers from the D'Antonio era, and not like Trestle and Burton are phenomenal coaches. And yeah, I'm fine with um, that. Burton was like the uh, positional coach of the year uh, for D linemen in 2018, and mm-hmm. Mike, er, yeah, Mike Trestle. Um, we don't need to rehash his entire resume, but he's been a, a monster assistant. I think he's going to be going back to linebackers, which will be like, yeah, you get a D coordinator, or linebacker, or coach. It's kind of like, okay, that's pretty sweet. Sure. And then you've got the O line coach from Colorado coming over, uh, Chris Kapilovich, who. Nice work with that last name. I was definitely going to hack that one up. So. <laughs> it's just a guess. Um, it could be Kapilovic. Kapilovic. Um, a lot of good things said about him. Beat writers are like, man, tough loss for Colorado. Um, mm-hmm. The offensive line turned it around in just a year. He was loved by his players, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. He's been I, an I offensive the, coordinator at the D1 level. Sorry, I was going to say, I think the stat I saw in that was uh, he took over Colorado's offensive line who gave up I think they ranked 11th in the Pac-12 for sacks given up. And in one year, he turned them into the second least amount of sacks given up in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. So, like, that that's a pretty good turnaround in just one season. So, I mean, I know that's just one stat. It doesn't tell the yeah. whole story. But, hey, I like that one stat. So, so, those are the three assistants. And then he's also brought over as director of player personnel, um, Jeff oh, Martin, I believe is his last name. He's, like, 30 years old and has been – Cool. Uh, director of player personnel at the D1 level for like the last four or five years, which is kind of insane. Yeah. Um, but right now, okay. he's got members of his old staff, members of yep. D'Antonio's staff, and that's yep. it. That's all the assistants that have been hired. Again, he's up against it because it was February 12th when he took the job. Mm-hmm. It's February 17th as we sit here and record this. Are you at all worried that... You know, it's going to be a half Michigan State staff, half Colorado staff, and that's it. And it's like, wait a minute, we had $6 million, and you just brought over all your assistants and filled in the gaps with Antonio's old assistants. Aren't we going to go? I know we've been trying, but he you know, uh-huh. didn't get Marrow. There is – let me pull his name up um, so I can get this right. Uh, Klinkscale, that's it. Yes. Klinkscale, yep. Steve Klinkscale, the defensive backs coach from Kentucky, who is actually – was a better recruited, better rated recruiter than Vince Merrow from Kentucky. Um, another guy who's really well regarded, who Mel Tucker is going to be pursuing. So he is pursuing other things. Was turned down by Marcus Freeman at Cincinnati to be the D coordinator. Let's leave Cincinnati alone for a little bit, please. Yeah. But are you at all worried that despite him trying to make these big splash moves, that it's just not sure. going to work out because it's mid February? And we're going to kind of get this weird skeleton staff that we're not sure. He's not sure. It's like his plans B and C staff, you know? Mm-hmm. Not really. And just like you said, there's time left in the game, but not a lot of time. So could something happen, of course. But I don't mind that he kept Burton and Trestle. No, if he of let not. them go, fine. If he kept them, fine. You know, but how far, how far are we away from um, quarterbacks coach Dave Warner? On this staff, honestly, uh, probably five days, maybe. Right? <laughs> like that's that's that, what I'm. That seems we, like what the doomsday clock yeah. is at right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm totally fine with Burton. Totally fine with Trestle. Yes. If they bring in Burnett, that's fine. If they, I'm Chuck fine Bola. with. Sure. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm fine with insert defensive coach here. Yes. Yeah, I don't feel like that's unfair. We all know the story with the offense. Um, 
So no, I'm not. I'm not worried yet. And let's say okay, this all ends, and we do have you know three coaches from MSU, and then the rest Colorado guys, and maybe another somewhere else. It is a skeleton staff. That's the thing. Like the expectation, is pretty up against it. It's pretty easy to haul away a head coach when you offer him double money, some assistance for sure. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, it's still mid February right now. Now, what gives me a little hope is that it's going to be nearly impossible for him to be as stubborn as Mark D'Antonio as far as like keeping guys if something doesn't work out in year one I like to think he's not going to have a problem like just pulling the plug and going out and getting someone else like when December rolls around January rolls around you know socially acceptable times (laughs) to go to try to find an assistant coach um yeah could it be a little rocky like you're saying with the skeleton staff yeah it could sure but I like the coaches he is keeping with MSU I mean I I would love to say I would love every coach he brings over from Colorado, but I know that he's one for one right now. I do like that offensive line coach he's brought over. And three, if it's not working out, I I like to think that he's not going to be stubborn. He's going to realize what he has to do to get things done and that he'll have no problem shopping around with more time Mm -hmm. and more opportunity for set assistant coaches he's trying to poach when the offseason comes along. So, no – it's a rare moment to not panic for me. I'm, I'm not really panicking on this one, no, I'm, for sure. Because hey, at the end of the day, we're still going like five and seven next year anyway, tops. So I'm, I'm not holding out a lot of hope. I'm with you generally. He's put in a tough spot, and yeah, I'm sure had he been hired in December, he would have been able to secure maybe Vince Marrow. Like who knows if that plays out mm-hmm. differently? Other types of assistance that he could be pursuing. And again, we don't know anything about the staff it's three out of 11 have been hired so far there's a long way to go so who knows how it's going to finish out um he may be able to pull a handful of people from different places and and get a a high prized qual you know quality offensive coordinator that's something that they really haven't do got the o-line coach and they haven't really done anything else on the offensive side of the ball so that'll be interesting to see but yeah i think just like you were saying maybe it doesn't work out maybe he's not happy with a couple position coaches here and there out of here in December and sort of reattack this with the the knowledge that I've got this six million dollar salary pool. We can get after it. I can attract a, a really up, uh, you know, a, a high up and comers. You know, grab someone from another school where they're not in a spot like, man, it's February. I don't really want to move right now. If you would have called me in December, you know, we probably mm-hmm. could have made this work out. So, sure, I do want to say here. About Steve Klinkscale, because he's a name that might be heating up like uh, Vince Merrow was from Kentucky. Um, so I didn't say this when uh, the Merrow stuff was going on, um, but I was talking to Stephen Brooks, 247sports.com, friend of the show, yes. who, um, tell me if this is out of line. When it comes to like the minutia of college football, the specifics, the position coaches, the, the intricacies of recruiting battles... There is not a single person affiliated with Michigan State I trust more than Steven. Sure, that's that's fair. Yeah. He just he knows that stuff. He knows football, obviously, and he really knows that sort of stuff. Um and Same when rounds, I yeah. when I text him I said how big in your opinion how big would getting Vince Merrill be for Michigan State? Um and this is his response. This was a week ago when the when the rumors first started. Merrill would be big, but I don't think it's the end-all. Clinkscale from Kentucky would be just as big of a win. Let's get my hopes up again, baby. 
Build our hopes up to shatter them. Let's, let's get it. Tis the season, Will. So let's do it. That would be, yeah, like you made Kentucky pay their tight ends coach $900,000 a year, one of the highest paid non-coordinators in all of college football. Can you do the same, uh, or can, can Kentucky do the same trying to keep a defensive backs coach from getting poached? It looks like Mel Tucker is going to be making a run at him, according to uh, – Justin Rowland, who covers Kentucky for uh, Rivals. So that's something that'll be heating up. And I'm, yeah, I'm just kind of looking forward to see how this coaching process all plays out. It's been a, you know, a good first week settling in, making appearances, shaking hands, kissing babies. But it's time to uh, start pulling in some staff members and seeing if we can get some uh, recruits to come sniffing around. Sure. That works for me, man. God, I just looked up Justin Rogers, the big old defensive tackle that Kentucky got. Steve Who's Klinskow. his main recruiter? Oh, huh. oh, that's weird. Huh. Okay. God. Every, oh, and DeAndre Square from a few years ago mm-hmm. who they won the recruiting battle over MSU. Mm-hmm. Klingscale, main recruiter. Okay. Wow. Well, uh, I thought I was done getting excited about potential assistant coaches. I really tried to hold myself off of getting excited about Klingscale. Well, I'm pretty jazzed about this whole clink scale thing if it all shakes out. So, it would be, all right, here we go again. It would be a good hire, and Tucker's going to recruit regardless of who he hires on his staff. Um, yeah. It'll be a different vibe around MSU recruiting, especially because it's hard to just lay out there how casual and laid back MSU's approach was, D'Antonio's approach was in recruiting. Oh, it they just didn't, wasn't. They, that was the strategy. They didn't <laughs> offer kids until they were – done with their junior seasons and they didn't you know it was very like take your time and that worked until it didn't work and uh, it's going to yeah. be a little bit different with Mel Tucker um so yeah I'm looking forward to seeing how that all plays out over the next calendar year should be a, a lot of fun seeing big recruits uh you know it, it's it's nice to uh have hope occasionally like oh we took a prospect that ohio state and michigan both wanted how'd we get lj scott that's crazy um mm-hmm. it'll be really cool to consistently be in those battles and be like yeah we got a shot at this guy we got a shot at this guy like we may not get them all not going to get them all but instead of uh losing battles to purdue and indiana it'll be nice to be losing them to ohio state and michigan again Moving up in weight classes, baby. Let's go. (laughs) Yes, sir. That is going to do it for us here. I'm traveling tomorrow. Matt will be rocking it solo um, with Nick Castellani. What's his name? I'm sorry. Castellani, right? Yeah. Yeah. Chris Castellani. Chris Castellani. Nick Castellanos. Nick Castellanos. uh, Yep. Chicago Cubs outfielder. Um, (laughs) So look forward to that, and then we'll be back together uh, for a Thursday show, and we'll talk about some Nebraska ball, the matchup of the Hoibergs. Been waiting for this one for centuries. Yeah, same. Same. (laughs) All right, thanks so much for listening. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get your podcast. We do this every single day, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Matt, take us home. You know, I just realized uh, ever since Tom Izzo said he is be playing Braden Burke a little more, and we talked about that potential, he has played zero minutes ever since. Will, we were hornswoggled. Hornswoggled, Will. All right. Goodbye, everyone.